Stay tuned. This is Restart Hope on 94.1 The Voice. You are listening to Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker. In the book of Jonah, when they hear of God's wrath pointed against them, it says even the king in Jonah chapter 3 verse 6, and even the king arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself in sackcloth, and sat in ashes. It's mourning. It's giving up. It's renouncing. It's I give up. You see, this was a good repentance. This was a good giving up. But some of us, we've given up on life. We've given up on hope. We're sitting in the ashes. And we've given up. And I want to talk to you this morning. I want to talk to those of you who have given up. I want to talk to those of you who, have, who gave up this last week and somehow God gave you some courage to come to church here this morning but you think the battle is over but it's not. God is going to help you make sense of what you walked through so that you can walk this week with power and strength. Some of you, this is God giving you the tools to succeed this week when the enemy comes in again. And for some of you, you have no idea what's been hitting you and you need to give your life to Jesus here this morning because he's going to catch you unaware on your ash heap with the pot in your hand and he's going to ask you to rise up. Can it get worse for Job? And the answer is, ding, 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 yes. Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. Let's not be too harsh on this woman. She just lost 10 of her kids. And back in the day, your children and your husband is all you have. Your husband can have the donkeys and the camels and the servants, but what you have as a wife is your children and your husband. And she's lost all her kids. I've heard too many preachers be harsh on this woman and it's become a joke. Job is sitting on a pile of ashes with sores and he's scratching himself. And here's a woman who has to having to take care of that. Here's a woman who's still grieving the death of her children. And here's a woman who's having to still cook food for him. Maybe he's not eating and she's concerned and she cares for him. And, and sometimes don't leave me hanging. It's easier to see your loved one die than to suffer the pain that you're walking through. And she says, do you still hold fast your integrity? And the word curse is barak, which can also mean bless. But I do not know why they interpret it this way. Because of, maybe it's because of what Job says later. Curse God and die. Don't hold on to this. Why are you still holding on to your faith? Why are you suffering like this in the hands of God? Just die and give up. Job's response to her. He says, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. I said, don't criticize her too quickly because her husband, Job, who's the one who's suffering, doesn't criticize her. He doesn't say you're a foolish woman. Husbands, take note. He doesn't say you are a foolish woman. He says, you speak as a foolish woman. You're not a foolish woman. Why do you talk like the foolish women? You're not foolish. You're a smart woman. You know better than that. How can we just receive good from God and not also receive evil? And in all of this, Job did not sin. I think Job was actually encouraging her in this because, because we don't hear of her anymore in 42 chapters. Could it be possible, speculation, could it be possible that she was like, Job, you're right. I'm with you in this. And maybe when the friends came, she was like, do you guys want tea? No, we're in mourning. Okay, fine. Possible, I don't know, speculation. But don't criticize people who are suffering now and I say that because, and I want, I want to stress on that because, because I want us to be real as a church. You see, oftentimes, we super spiritualize people in the Bible, and we super criticize people in the Bible. The point is not to super spiritualize or criticize, the, po- the point is for you to look at your own life, and ask yourself, what are the splinters and sticks that you wrapped yourself with that God wants to break this morning? So instead of focusing on Job's wife, focus on your life, and ask yourself, where are you cursing God and saying, I've given up God, I'm sitting on my pile of ash, with my pottery or my husband's suffering so you know what my husband's still holding on to his integrity 
I'm peacing out, man. You can go to church if you want. I, I don't see any point in that. Or maybe it's the other way. Maybe it's your wife who's the one who's struggling and suffering, and you're just peaced out at home, wedging out in front of the TV. Anyways, Job is talking like as if he's read the New Testament, isn't it? Can we, not just, can, we, can we only receive good and not evil from God? It's like as if he's read what Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, in this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. He's speaking like as if he heard Paul write in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. It's so crazy how Job did not have theological books. God was his theology. And he did not, he did not need the New Testament. He did not need 2 Corinthians. He did not need the book of John for him to understand the character and nature of God. The next verse talks about his three friends that show up. I'll introduce them next week. But look at their grieving. Look at their mourning in verse 12. And when they saw him from a distance, these are three friends who come to visit him. They saw him from a distance and they did not recognize him. What do you do when your life is so hopeless that you do not resemble uh, your social media anymore? I know I'm talking to someone. You go look at your social media like, man, life was good back then. Look at the likes. No matter how many filters I add, I'm never going to be like that ever again. I could never go back to that again. They don't even recognize him. And they raised their voices and they wept. They're vocal. They, they, their grief is, is loud. And they tore their robes. It's physical. And they sprinkled dust on their heads towards heaven. As they threw dust up towards their head. And, and their, their grief is emotional. Their, their grief is loud. Their grief is physical. Their grief is emotional. And this grief is so much that it's silent. Just this week, I heard two people, and I know this, this, God wants us to go through this because of these two conversations that I had this week, and I said, it's so hard right now, I just don't have words. I just don't have words, Joel, I just don't have words. In fact, it's so hard right now, I don't have words to reach out and to say, pray for me. I don't have the strength to be able to do that. You see, in church, we, we, don't, we don't address these things, but that this is reality, this is true. You go through these times, you got to get real with this time. It's, it's so, my defeat, my failure, my, my suffering is so hard. You want me to come on Wednesday night to life group? I, I need to be there. I just can't make it there. And they sat in silence, it says. And they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him. Why? For they saw that his suffering was very great. What do you do? When hope is lost. And you have no words. You have nothing left. Music doesn't make any sense. Reading scripture doesn't make any sense. Listening to sermons make no sense. What do you do? I want you to know that it's in this time Satan will seep in. Satan comes in like a flood. It's in this time because he's a liar. And you've got to be very careful. Even in those times when you don't feel like worshipping, you have to learn to worship. In those times when you don't feel like dancing in the wilderness, you have to learn to dance in the wilderness. It's in those times when it feels like, I want to give up. You got to, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself, but you got to lean in. You got to lean in because what you need is wrapped up in Jesus. What you need is Him. Job chapter 3 verse 1. After this, seven days of silence, the silence is broken and he opens his mouth and he curses the day of his birth. My father, my king, I pray that this message will reach someone who's on the verge of giving up. Number one, I want you to know, hard times, difficult times, hopeless times do not 
take away your purpose. They do not take away your purpose. You might be suffering right now. That's point number one. Hard times do not take away your purpose. Just because you're suffering, because you've fallen in hard times, doesn't mean your life has lost its purpose. Suffering will leave you feeling purposeless. Admit it. Come to grips with it. When you go through hard times, you're going to feel useless and purposeless. And you're going to look at your life as a meaningless existence. When everybody else around is finding their meaning, whatever they define it as, and their success and whatever they define it as, but you are going to feel like you've lost purpose. And you wonder what you're doing floating around here on this earth, hoping that next day would not come. I know there are many of you in this room, maybe each and every one of us, have gone to bed hoping that you would not wake up the next day. Because your hardships, your suffering, has left you feeling purposeless. What do you do when all hope is lost? Job, he curses the day he was born. He doesn't curse God, but for 10 verses, he's sharing his agony. Look at this. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, let the day perish on which I was born. And the night that said, a man is conceived. He's not just regretting and cursing the day he was born, but he's cursing the day he was conceived. Side note, Job believed that life began in the womb. In fact, you're going to see in Job chapter 10, verse 10, he says, Did you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? What a beautiful picture. Huh? We normally go to Psalm 139 about you knit me in my mother's womb. And here he's actually painting a picture of that. He says, You clothed me with skin and flesh and knitted me together with bones and sinews. And he says, I wish that they did not exist when God, you curdled me and you put me together. I wish that they just did not exist at all. I wish that they would be lost in time. I wish that they would be blacklisted and grayed out and left out. And he's going to express darkness over this day. Four different words in Hebrew that expresses darkness. Look at this. Let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it. That darkness he's talking about, he says, may this day be hopeless. May the Lord not seek it. Let him not go looking for this day while he's making plans. Nor light shine upon it. In other words, let it be lost. Uh, okay, the parable of the lost coin. You remember that? The parable, a woman had 10 coins, she lost one coin, but she looked for it with a candle and a broom. You remember that? Yeah, and a brush, a candle and a brush. The coin was lost, but it was not hopelessly lost. I've said this many times before. The coin was lost, but it still had its value. It still was a coin. And when you found it, you could still spend it, right? And what Job was saying, I hope that day would just stay in darkness. I hope that day would not have any light shine on it. Just let it go away. I don't want God to go find it that day and, and, and pick that day and say, this is the day that Job will be conceived. This is the day Job will be born. I don't want it. Let it go away. That will be gone. Cursing the day that he was born because his life has lost its purpose. Let gloom and deep darkness claim it. That word deep darkness, Samawet, is the same word that's used in Psalm 23. The valley of the shadow of death. Let that day walk through the valley of the shadow of death and die. Let clouds dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. Let it tremble. Let the day tremble so much that it disappears. That night, let thick darkness seize it. Let it stay still. Not move. Stay still. Stay still. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Poetic language, yes. Job is full of poetry, but get it. Hardship, hopelessness leaves you feeling like you have no purpose. I don't know if you've gone through birthdays of your own when you secretly go cry because you feel like you're a waste of space because you believe the lies that's been spoken to you and, and, and again around you everybody says man your life is good everything is fine you have a job you have a wife you have a house everything's going well but you feel hopeless and Job everything around him is bad 
and he feels hopeless. Suffering can leave you feeling a lack of purpose in a meaningless existence. Verse 7 says, Behold, let that night be barren. Let no joyful cry enter it. Now days aren't barren. People are barren. And he says, I hope that day I was born that nobody gave birth to any children. So in that day, you would never hear a voice of saying, A male child! A female child! Woohoo! It's a child! It's July 2nd! It's April 30th! Whatever it is. That day, I wish no one was born so that day can be called barren. He's cursing the day he was born. Let those who curse it, curse the day who are ready to rouse up Leviathan. A lot of people study Job just to study what Leviathan is. I'm not going to get to it. I'll irritate you. I'll leave it. We'll talk about it later. Fine, I'll tell you. What he's saying is, no, I won't. But it's getting a little too serious. I, had to, I can't help it, you know. What he's saying is, let those, again, it's poetic language, let those who call on curses, let them curse the day I was born so terribly that even the biggest beast of the earth will shake, will wake up. Let the curse be so big on that day. Let the stars of its dawn be dark. Let it hope for light, but have none. What he's saying is, let the stars lose its hope like I am right now. Listen, what you feel, that jealousy that you feel when somebody else is happy and you're sad, Job feels it too. He just doesn't feel it for other people. He's looking at the stars. I hope you lose your light, just like how I'm losing my light. <laughs> Suffering will leave you hopeless, yelling at God's creation, whether it's poetic or not, because you have lost hope. Now see the eyelids of the morning. Beautiful picture again. This is beautiful poetry, but it's really sorrowful. When the day dawns, it's like it's opening its eyes. Such a beautiful picture. That's what people like to chase, the sunrise. The day, it's opening its eyes like eyelids. When you wake up in the morning and you open, in all those romantic movies, in slow-mo, the eyes open, you know? It's like, whoa, welcome to a new day, you know? And he says, nor see the eyelids of the morning, because it did not shut the doors of my mother's womb, nor hide trouble from me. He says, when I was born, the eyelids of my life was opened into a world where I was moved from safety to suffering. And now I've lost all hope. I lost all hope. Job, sadly, he doesn't remember what he just told his wife. Can we only receive good from God and not evil? That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service times and address.